Welcome to the Lady Beta Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Mern. I'm a certified health coach, certified personal trainer, and soon to be a certified brain rewiring coach. We're going to be talking about all things training, nutrition, mindset, and hormone balancing for the Lady Climber. You can learn more about me and the services I offer over at ladybetacoaching.com and over on Instagram at ladybeta.coaching. Let's dive in. I'm so excited to dive into this interview with Joy. I know you are absolutely going to love her. We had such a great conversation. She is so knowledgeable and really being able to pick her brain, I think is going to be such an amazing resource for years and years to come. So Joy is a NASM certified personal trainer. She's a pregnancy and postpartum exercise specialist. She's a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach and also works with a team of sports physical therapists at Upright Athlete in Durham, North Carolina. Carolina. She is the pregnancy and postpartum exercise consultant there, and I am so excited to be bringing her on the show because she is such an expert in this field, and I get asked this question all the time, and I want to make sure that I refer people to an expert and somebody that's really an authority in this, somebody that's done the research, and Joy absolutely has. So a couple updates for me before we jump into this interview. If you have been excited about improving your mindset for climbing, I am so pumped to be offering my newest mindset sessions. These are hopefully going to be happening once a month on different topics ranging from things like fear of falling to overcoming the comparison trap to learning to be a hell of a lot nicer to yourself. Make sure to go check out the link in the show notes if you're interested in signing up for those. These are going to be my ultra low-cost offer surrounding mindset. We're going to be combining elements of brain rewiring, mindset work, everything that I've done in Elevate with my athletes as well. And it's going to have a really community collaborative feel as well, because I want to, as a projector in human design, one of my goals and one of the reasons that I'm here is to connect people with other people and really be able to see like, okay, there's a big need for a community here. There's a big need for a connection here. And especially with where we're at right now in 2021, I think those connections are more important than ever being able to make friends with people and hopefully eventually be able to meet up with them and travel and just have those friends that really truly understand and get you. So If you're interested in signing up for those, you can find out more using the link in the show notes. I'm really, really pumped for these. Again, I'm hoping that these are going to be a monthly recurring thing so that you can start to get help with your mindset and really start to tackle the deeper issues that are holding you back and not just do a lot of the surface level work. You know, training is amazing. Training, you know, has changed my life. Absolutely. Doing the physical stuff and doing, you know, having a routine structured plan. But it really wasn't until I started doing the deeper dive into the mindset work that I really started to see the change that I wanted. Okay, so let's dive into this interview with Joy. I know you're absolutely going to love it. Hi guys, I am so excited because today we have Joy Black here. We're going to be talking all about climbing and pregnancy. So what to do when you first find out that you're pregnant and how to continue climbing, strength training, turn to the sport safely, and how to know when you're ready. So Joy, go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. Tell me a little bit more about you. Hey Chelsea, thanks so much for having me. Um, Yeah, so I am a personal trainer and I specialize in working with pregnant and postpartum women and people. And I have been strength training, um, training people, strength training for about eight years. And I specifically got into working with women about six years ago. And I saw a real need for more uh, research-based guidance and information around strength training during pregnancy and postpartum because there's just a not, not a lot out there. Um, 
And I come from a trail running and rock climbing background. I can't say I love one more than the other. I'm in a season of more trail running right now, but I think that's also just because I had a baby eight months ago. So it's just kind of trail running has lent itself a little bit easier during COVID to um, being able to like just sneak away um, because of childcare issues. But um, yeah, so I... I really love being able to empower people with strength. And I think that a lot of people really get concerned when they get pregnant because they're terrified of losing everything that they've built, or they're afraid that they'll never be able to get back to where they were pre-baby. And that's just not true. Um, Is it a different season? Yes, it is. You're not going to be doing the same things and it is going to take a little while to get back there really unrealistic to think that you're going to be doing um, the same things you were pre-baby just a few weeks after you've had your baby, but you can get back there. And it's just really important to um, make informed decisions all along the way. So yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. I love it. And yeah, you and I got connected, I think initially, I don't know how I found you, but it was on Instagram. And I kept getting so many questions about like, okay, I either just found out that I'm pregnant or I'm trying to return to climbing after pregnancy. And for me on my side, like I just didn't feel comfortable taking on those clients because I just, you know, I don't know enough about it and I haven't put in the time or the research. So after finding you, I started to refer people out to you because I'd seen your content and I was like, okay, yep, she knows her stuff. And for me, I just felt so comforted knowing somebody was out there doing the research and making sure that you were taking care of people in that aspect. And for you, you know, having a baby just eight months ago, like what has that process looked like for you? Oh, um, well, so I did just have a baby eight months ago, but I also had a baby 14 years ago. So (laughs) yeah, I, I am a mom of two with a huge gap in between. So when I had my son 14 years ago, I knew nothing that I know now, literally nothing. Um, I was pretty young when I had him. I was 21. Luckily, I didn't have a lot of issues after I had him. Um, and I also wasn't climbing then. I was a, a big runner then. Um, but this time around, I am, you know, 14 years older and I do know a lot more and my body has changed a lot since I, you know, I'm 36 now and I was 21 then. My body has changed a lot. And I did have, um, a lot more things that I had to deal with this time around, especially postpartum. Um, but I will say that knowing honestly is half the battle. I do think it's actually a little bit harder sometimes as a fitness professional to give yourself, to take your own advice, I'll say, um, because I'm not good at sitting still. Uh, <laughs> I It's almost harder when you know something to be able to tell yourself to do it. Um, and I actually, um, in the last couple of months, hired two different coaches um, because I was at the point where I was like, okay, you know, I feel pretty healed now, but um, I kind of want to be able to work on some more athleticism and running, et cetera. And that's been a really great experience for me, especially um, postpartum. You have so little time. Oh, my God. Uh, and you're sleep deprived. So being able to, at least for me, um, wade through programming for myself was just not something I really wanted to do. Um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, she definitely, uh, keeps me 
busy, <laughs> but um, it's great that you have been able to refer some people to me and I've been able to work with them and I've got uh, two clients right now that are getting ready to have, or two clients that you've referred to me that are getting ready to have babies in just a few weeks. Um, so it's been really exciting to kind of work with them along the way and help them retain some strength um, so that they're going to be able to get back to climbing. Absolutely. And yeah, that's so exciting. And I think this is just such a cool period of time in people's lives as well. And like you said, it's a different season. So let's kind of start, let's say somebody finds out that they're pregnant and they're a really active person, maybe they're climbing or maybe, you know, they just want to like participate in their sports in general. So let's say somebody does just find out what would be some of your recommendations? Like, where do you start that person at? Okay. Okay. So if you just found out that you're pregnant, obviously one of the first things you need to do is book a appointment with your doctor. Um, and then, you know, disclaimer, everything I say should not be taken as medical advice and all of that good stuff. Um, but so after you've got an appointment with your doctor, um, really, so the first trimester is going to be weeks zero to 13. When you actually find out you're pregnant, you're already about four weeks pregnant. It's just kind of the way the math goes. Um, so <clears throat> what's going to happen in the first trimester? and this is, I'll say, I'll generalize, right? This is what happens for most people. You're going to be very tired. You're going to feel sick. Do you really need to make any modifications? No, you don't. You're actually going to be pretty self-limited. Your body is going to tell you, you know, you need to slow down. And it's not going to be the type of, oh, I stayed up, you know, watched too many episodes of Shit's Creek Tired. It's going to be like a train ran over me. I'm dead. Like, I cannot move that type of tired. Um, so it's generally not something you're going to be able to, you know, push through or you obviously can't highly caffeinate yourself and keep on going. The recommendation is, um, you know, your doctor will probably tell you about one cup of coffee. The research says no more than 200 milligrams of coffee. That's going to be about like two, eight ounce cups of coffee. Um, but yeah, so the first trimester, as far as like your body goes, you really don't need to make any modifications for your movement. If you're more of an endurance athlete while you are running or biking, uh, whatever it is that you're doing, it's preferable that you still be able to say a couple sentences, but if you can sing, you can push it harder. So hopefully that makes sense. If you're sing, if you're able to sing, you can go harder. If you can't speak, you need to back it down just a little bit. It probably doesn't ref – well, I mean, it depends. Like, your heart rate can get pretty high while you're climbing, but I don't think that's generally something we worry about a lot while climbing. I don't think during the first trimester there's a lot that would need to be modified for climbing. Um, so it gets into a kind of interesting conversation where um, if you just want to – we can just kind of dive into, like, making an informed decision about climbing while pregnant. I think that might be kind of like a good place to go with this. Um, okay, so if you're trying to decide, should I climb while I'm pregnant or not? First of all, it's your decision. It's not your obese decision. It's not your midwife's decision. It's not your partner's decision. Well, I mean, you know, you can take your partner into consideration. That might be a nice thing to do. But at the end of the day, it's your decision. So we just need to make an informed decision. Okay, so during the first trimester, up until about 12 weeks, your uterus actually lies behind your pelvic bone. So it hasn't moved up and out of the pelvis. So you're still, it's still very protected. Um, you know, if you were to fall like against something, the uterus is still protected down in the pelvis. So now at about, and this is for a singleton pregnancy, not a pregnancy with twins. Um, 
I think that's too complicated for us to get into right now. Anyway, but so for a singleton pregnancy, at about 12 weeks, the uterus is going to start to move up and out of the pelvis. So that's when we get a lot more worried about falls. So this would be in particular to bouldering. Um, yes, I understand that there are climbing with lead falls as well, but we'll just kind of stick to bouldering for right now. So if you were to fall while you're bouldering, which bouldering is falling, <laughs> basically, um, that's just a lot more concern, right, after that 12-week mark. Can you, um, you know, are you going to do something if you fall, like make the baby detach from the placenta? Or No, you're really not. Um, that's that's generally not the concern. I can't say it would be impossible, um, but that's not how placental abruption happens. That's when the placenta detaches from the uterine wall. It's more of like a blunt trauma. You can go of a car accident or something like that. Um, so you're not going to hurt anything if you are bouldering and you like fall from a short distance during that first trimester. Totally fine. Um, after the 12 weeks, when the uterus comes up out of the pelvis, then we do get a little more worried Um about falls, placental abruption, um, it's still rare, but it's just you need to understand the risk that you're taking. And if, you know, if you feel very controlled and you're totally comfortable with that, then you make that decision for your body. But you just need to make an informed decision. Um, so what I did, I actually stopped bouldering pretty early. I stopped around like nine weeks. I had had two miscarriages in a row um, when I got pregnant with my baby. So, um, and I also had a lot of anxiety like around the pregnancy. So for me, it just wasn't worth it. Like, you know, the falling while bouldering, like I just, I had some other factors involved that like, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to stick to top roping. So that was the decision I made for myself. It felt great. And I top roped until about 20, 28 weeks and COVID shut everything down. And we all know how that goes. Um, so that, that, you know, that was what I did. Um, you can totally top rope during pregnancy. You just want to make sure you're not, you know, no volume, like sticking you in the belly. Um, there's some considerations around like steep climbing and core pressure. I don't know if you want to. Oh, yeah. Let's like, talk about that, into that for sure. <laughs> okay. All right. So when you are climbing on vertical terrain. So, you know, we're talking about like slab or just straight vert. You do not have as much pressure on your core. And so pressure can be in like a scientific sense, we're calling it intra-abdominal pressure. And it's basically the pressure that is created inside of your abdominal cavity. And normally your body can regulate that pressure. But when you are pregnant and your abdomen starts to become um, all of those muscle fibers are elongated and obviously belly is growing forward. Everything is getting stretched out. It becomes really hard to manage that intra-abdominal pressure. And this is important because it leads us to something called diastasis. So a lot of people when they get pregnant get really scared of diastasis. Diastasis is literally a thinning um, and widening of the connective tissue between your rectus abdominis. So those are just your six-pack muscles um, that lie like, you know, superficial on your abdomen. And there's connective tissue in between them. It's called the linea alba. When you get pregnant, this stretches. It's actually a good thing. If you, if, I mean, your abdomen has to stretch for you to have a baby. So like, it's nothing to be scared of. And a hundred percent of pregnant women will have it by the third trimester. I mean, maybe it's like 97%. I don't know, but like it's, it's going to happen period. What we worry about is after birth, if it doesn't correct itself. 
that's where there's a problem. Okay, so now we understand what diastasis is. We understand what core pressure is. So how does that relate to steep climbing? When you are on a steep terrain, so just think about, um, you know, that when you are lying backwards, um, so we'll just like imagine, right, that we're on we're something steep and we're holding on. Of course, like your toes are pulling you on just a little bit, or they should be if you know anything about tension as a climber, right? But you're also really engaged through your core. So if you just kind of like lean back in your chair a little bit and literally like put your hands upward, what do you feel? Like your core comes on. But so right now you can control that movement. But if your abdomen was really stretched out, you wouldn't be able to. And what you would do is you would place more outward pressure on that linea alba than what is already there. So it's already in a higher pressurized state. And when you lean back, and it's going to be very likely you cannot control that pressure for the entirety of a steep route is, is just not going to happen. Um, then you're going to put more pressure on a system that is already lax. And that's where we get into creating more thinning of that linea alba, more separation. And it can be harder to come back together after pregnancy. Does that all make sense? Oh, yeah. No, that is that was a great example, too. And I mean, you're not saying like, don't do it whatsoever, but it is a consideration. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, Yeah. like having that like informed decision. I think that that was a really great example of that. Yeah, I mean, so, like, if there's a route and it has, like, you know, it's, like, vert and then goes steep for a little bit and then back to vert, that's totally fine. You're probably going to find as your belly gets bigger that you don't want to do steep stuff anyhow. Just, like, literally your belly will be in the way. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) So, but just knowing that, okay, I'm making a decision to do this. I know that it could have these possible side effects. And it's like, okay, if you do it once, does that mean you've like ruined yourself? No, no, absolutely not. Like it has to be like repeated over and over and over again. And I should also mention that genetics is really responsible for a lot of this thinning just because genetics play a huge role in the makeup of our collagen and like protein synthesis. And some people are just, their parents graciously gave them, I'll say bad genes. And they, I mean, literally, there's nothing you can do about it. So it's not like there, if you are tall or you're short or, you know, any of these things are risk factors, just being pregnant is a risk factor, period. Um, But then afterwards, like some people, it just goes back together, no problem. And other people, there's definitely a genetic component to it. Um, But you can do things that will not um, aggravate it. Yes. Awesome. That was super clear too. And I really like the line that you said about with the running, like being able to speak a couple sentences versus like if you can sing and having that as a gauge of like, okay, yes, maybe I can push it a little bit harder. So what are some of those things that, okay, somebody is pregnant and they're working on these things. Maybe they've made that choice that like, okay, steep climbing doesn't feel great right now. What are some of those other things that you would potentially have them do instead? Um, so if they're, if they can continue to climb on vertical terrain, um, what we want to really make sure. So as you progress in your pregnancy, there's just a lot of changes that happen in the pelvis because literally the orientation of your pelvis has to change to accommodate the growing baby. If you can think about your body almost like a Jenga puzzle, because as one little piece comes forward, the other pieces have to come back. So, you know, like we've kind of all seen it, the pregnant lady that's like, 
she looks like she's sticking her stomach out and she's got her back all arched and like her chest is kind of poking up. Um, hopefully everybody gets a visual image, but that that's like your body is in that posture because you are accommodating a growing human inside of you. Um, due to that posture, you can end up with a lot of compensatory movement patterns, which basically just means your body is going to find a way to do what you tell it to do. It is going to find the path of least resistance, but that path is not always a good path. <laughs> so um, sometimes women will end up like a lot of times they complain about like sciatica pain or even um, pubis pain. And sometimes that can be due to compensatory patterns. Sometimes it's just kind of the luck of the draw. But the thing we want to remember the most is that as these muscles and your posture are changing, muscles are being lengthened. Okay, so for muscles to function at their optimal capacity, they need to be at the correct length. As they get longer, they can't function as well. So basically, you're losing strength. You need to keep strength training to try and offset that strength deficit that's happening to you no matter what. It's not like this giant strength deficit where you're like not going to be able to walk afterwards or something. So I don't want to scare anybody. But it's, it's just the fact of the matter that this is what's happening. So one thing that is really great to do is strengthen your posterior chain. So we want to do things like deadlifts. They're totally safe during pregnancy. It's fine. Like you can lift more than 15 pounds. I mean, a baby in a car seat weighs more than 15 pounds. So it's just ludicrous um, <laughs> to tell a pregnant woman they can't lift 15 pounds. You're going to be ill-prepared for parenthood if you don't learn how to lift more than 15 pounds. Um, but yeah, so anything that strengthens posterior chain, because what we want to do is stabilize the pelvis. That is really, really important. It's stabilizing that pelvis, and that can help to prevent, you know, some low back pain. As far as the um, pubis synthesis that I was talking about, that's basically where the cartilage in the middle of your pubic bone can just get really irritated from the laxity in the pelvis. It, it's like kind of moving around more than it usually is, so we can get a lot of irritation in there. Um, it can so you want to strengthen the posterior chain. Glutes are amazing to keep strengthening. You want to really, really strengthen your back. So this, obviously, climbers are all about strengthening the pool. So you don't have to sell it to them, at least. <laughs> but also, really, like, the more you can strengthen your back, you're just going to be really well prepared for the demand of an infant. Because you're going to be holding the infant. You're going to be hunched forward so much after that baby comes that you have got to make sure that your back is strong to compensate for that. I mean, even as a trainer, like I still had kind of like neck and upper back issues. But, you know, I was, I'll, I'll say pretty strong, like in my back when my baby was born, but I still had issues. And I can't imagine what it would have felt like if I didn't have that strength because like holding and nursing a baby all the time is just, oh my God, it's no joke. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a <laughs> huge the, additional stressor. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other huge thing that you need to do while you're pregnant is breath work. Um, and a lot of people may think like, um, oh my God, like I already know how to breathe. What, in, you know, what in the hell is she talking about? <laughs> but, um, and this can actually apply to guys too, because I feel like a lot of guys have never heard of this or they think it's some sensitive crap that is just like something they are never going to do. 
But so, all right, just kind of like a little primer. Your diaphragm, it lives underneath your ribs. What we want to be able to do is breathe through our diaphragm, not through our chest or our belly. A huge reason why we want to be able to do this is literally to downregulate your nervous system, to get you out of a state of fight or flight. When you're breathing through your chest, your body thinks you're kind of almost hyperventilating. It's not perceptible to you. Like you're not going to be like, oh, I'm hyperventilating. No, but your body is thinking that. So if we can really learn how to breathe through the diaphragm, we downregulate all that. And then stress levels come down, which is amazing. So this is like something, if you learned how to do this, you could literally do it on the wall, right? To calm yourself down to learn how to breathe through your diaphragm. Um, and then also belly breathing is not great because of all of the pressure considerations that we went through before. So when you breathe through your belly, you're creating pressure in your abdomen that we don't want. That also plays into your pelvic floor. But when you're pregnant, your diaphragm is literally like pushed up and out of the way because there is a baby, there is a uterus, there is all the amniotic fluid. Literally, it's as much as four centimeters that the diaphragm can be displaced, which is actually kind of a lot. So you need to make sure that you are trying to get as much range of motion with that diaphragm as you can. So as the diaphragm is pushed up, you're going to either become like more of a chest or a belly breather. And a lot of people, it becomes a chest breather just because that feels a little more comfortable. Um, but making sure that you're still able to reconnect with your diaphragm and really learning how to breathe through that diaphragm, because this also teaches you how to connect with your core and your pelvic floor. So there's just like so many layers to the breath work. I feel like we could do a whole podcast probably just on that. Um, but yeah, those would be like the main things you need to do. You're like pregnant and continuing to climb, um, but like, you know, outside of climbing. Oh, and I should say this, that it's totally fine to hang board given that you can maintain your core pressure in a unsupported state, as in like in a hanging state. Um, so you need to be able to, you know, keep your scaps engaged, lats engaged. And then if you start to notice any coning or doming, so it will literally look like your stomach will, um, if you were to think about like a ridge just down the middle, that's kind of what it'll look like sometimes, or it'll look like a, um, like a construction cone or <laughs> just kind of like a point. It should be like a round basketball. Okay. So if it ever is not like a round basketball then you know that, hey, I'm not handling this very well and I need to try a different strategy or I either need to modify. Yep, absolutely. And that's such a great visual too. And I mean, there's so many tools now that you can use to where you don't have to hang for hangboarding, which is great. And I think a lot of people are really going to be able to use what you've said. And, you know, maybe it's kind of like a week by week thing. Like for you, when you work with clients, is it, okay, let's see how this goes for this week. And then we'll kind of like revisit and check in. Yeah, usually we'll program out for a month at a time and then just kind of reassess during that month. And definitely with pregnancy, it can even be day by day sometimes where they, you know, will just say like, I feel like shit today. I can't do this. I'm like, okay, rest. It's no big deal. Like, I mean, you are not going to lose anything by missing one workout. And especially during pregnancy. I mean, I feel like just as athletes in general, we need to understand that the rest makes you stronger. Because we feel like when we rest that we're, we're losing strength or we're losing endurance or, you know, all of this other crap. Um, I mean, if you take like, you know, six months of rest, well, <laughs> you're probably going to lose some. But if you take a workout off, it's totally fine. Like you're not you're not going to lose anything. Yeah. 
Right. And it's probably more beneficial that way too. And I'm really glad that you said that because I think it's just, it's almost like giving people permission to take those days. And especially when you're pregnant, like that is just so much more on your body. And that's a, it's this huge demand on you. So be able to like really sit back and be like, yep, okay, I'm going to take a rest day, maybe even a rest week. And then we'll kind of like see how this feels after. So let's talk a little bit about post baby. So they've had the baby. And then what does that return to? I mean, not only you know, just like daily life activities, but with climbing and training as well, what does that look like? Okay. So no matter what type of delivery you have, you need to go see a pelvic floor physical therapist. It, some people think that they only need to see one if they had a vaginal birth. If you had a C-section, you need to go see one too. For those of you who don't know what a pelvic floor physical therapist is, they are a physical therapist that specializes in the pelvic floor. Um, do you want me to go into like what is your pelvic floor? Um, why is it? Okay. All right. Let's, let's do, it. do it. Okay. So basically <laughs> your pelvic floor is a hammock of muscles that lies right above your pelvis and it supports all of your internal organs. Okay. So if you just imagine kind of like all of your guts, that's what keeps it from coming down and through is your pelvic floor. Obviously it's very important. A pelvic floor physical therapist is going to help you deal with issues with your pelvic floor. So a lot of people think that only women can have pelvic floor problems or only people who have babies can have pelvic floor problems. And this is just absolutely not true. That is complete garbage. And we really need to change the conversation to open this up where it's not taboo. It's fine to talk about it. Um, you know, because we can talk about lots of other things, but for some reason, when it comes to pelvic floor, it's like, oh, no, shh, don't talk about that. Um, so <laughs> just, all right. So for guys, right, signs that you might have a pelvic floor problem would be if you have to pee a lot or when you pee, you feel like you can't get it all out or you're done peeing and then some more dribble comes out or even constipation, or problems with erections, those can be pelvic floor problems for men. And with women, um, incontinence means the inability to hold either like pee, gas, or stool. So if you have any incontinence, there's stress incontinence, there's urinary incontinence. Stress incontinence means more like during running or jumping or physical activity. With women also, if you have pain during sex, pain at penetration, um, even like low back pain, any sort of pelvic pain, there's lots of things that can signal that you may need help from a pelvic floor physical therapist. Pelvic floor physical therapists are amazing. And I honestly think that every person who has a baby should go see one because you had a large demand placed on your pelvic floor for months at a time. So, you know, we were talking about how the muscle fibers of the abdomen and all it got elongated. The same thing happens to your pelvic floor. So you need to be able to strengthen and reconnect with your pelvic floor before you start to move back into any sort of training activity like any any sort of training for climbing or any other sport at all. Um, because you when you start training, you want your process to be linear, right? So we don't want to start training and then have a huge setback. And then we may be back to even, you know, de decrease to even further than we were when we originally started, right? So we want our starting point, we want to go up, and then you may go down a tiny bit, but then you want to go up again. 
We don't want to keep having these major setbacks. And that can definitely happen if you don't address your pelvic floor because your pelvic floor also helps to support your pelvis. And I mean, think about our pelvis during climbing. I mean, or even during walking. I mean, my God, how important it is for that to be able to be stable. So anyway, that is my, you know, my advertisement for pelvic floor PTs. If you need some help finding one, you can reach out to me. I'm not one, but I can help you find one. But so let's say that you've been to your pelvic floor PT and you've gotten cleared from them. You've also gotten cleared from your doctor. Um, it's important to be cleared for, for, from both, but honestly, the, the pelvic floor PT is going to be way more important from an athleticism standpoint. They've been cleared from both of them. What now? You need to start reconnecting with your breath because you need to make sure your diaphragm, your ribs are mobile again, and that's also going to create strength in your pelvic floor. Then once you do that, you need to start gently loading your core. Okay, so that does not mean that you should go try and do pull-ups. Does not mean that at all. And I know like climbers are so eager, like, oh no, I'm just going to go like do this and I would be willing to bet that I am not the only climber who never did any strength work before beginning to climb. Like, never. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, why would I do that? Like, I just want to climb, right? But there has been a really great movement towards getting climbers to participate in strength work, and it has been proven to help their climbing. So basically what we're doing when you're doing the strength work is you're giving yourself a better foundation to perform all of these high level tasks with. And you have to think about postpartum through the same lens, right? So you need to build a really strong foundation so that you can get back to your sport in a safe way and that you're not having setbacks. Um, if you don't have a good foundation, can you go climb? Yeah, you can go climb and you can probably eke out some stuff. It's not going to feel great. And eventually you're going to reach a plateau where there's either going to be pain or you're just not going to be able to kind of like climb like you used to be. It's, it's basically just not going to feel as good as it could. So doing the strength work, like the breath work, reconnecting with your core, you do have to load the tissue, but just knowing kind of like where to start and then how to progress and then really compound body movements are where it's at. So, you know, like deadlifts, squats, bench press, you know, I would do body rows, not pull-ups <laughs> to begin with. Um, but that is, that's what we want to think about is like really building strength again before you get back into climbing. And then once you do feel like you have a good base of strength, um, monitoring your intensity and your volume. You always want to make sure after you do a workout, you should feel like you still had about 20% left in the tank, right? So in general, we don't want to do workouts where we're like, I mean, I know I used to do them with my friends, like, you know, couldn't move the next day and like on the wall for like 30 minutes and all that. Like, I mean, oh my God, like, oh, I shudder to think of <laughs> all the crazy stuff we used to do but you I mean especially postpartum you, there are so many variables like you are not getting good sleep which is a huge risk for injury you're if you are breastfeeding you've got hormones at play that are still making the connective tissue lax I mean there's just there are so many variables postpartum I it's just I don't know the human body is amazing that we can accomplish what we can. Um, but you just want to make sure that your workouts are not taking away from your ability to be present for your baby, right? Because um, 
as much as we all love climbing, like, you know, when you have a new baby, climbing is not the priority. The baby is the priority. So you just need to make sure, like, the intensity and the duration of your workouts, like, are you able to handle them? Um, and you can just really, the idea is to play the long game and slowly increase over time. Because in the long run, you will end up stronger and better by playing the long game than trying to you know, go up this really steep curve and then you're just going to plateau out and then probably come down the other side and it's not going to be pretty. No, totally. And I think too, like what you said about being able to strength train after, I mean, yes, before the pregnancy and then after as well, like that really speaks to like, you're not fragile in this state. You know what I mean? And I think that's kind of been the narrative you know, that most of us, I think, have heard, like, yeah, don't lift more than 15 pounds. And for you being able to say that, I think, gives a lot of people permission to check in with themselves, of course, see how they're feeling, be in contact with their doctor and everything, but also to know that, yeah, you can push it a little bit. And as long as you do have that 20% postpartum left in the tank, like, you're probably going to be able to still continue your progress. Oh, yeah. So you're definitely not fragile, but you're also not invincible, right? So unfortunately, we're not in these, you're, there is no such thing as getting your body back after baby. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but you will never have the same body again. May it look the same again? Sure, it could look the same again, but you grew and birthed either C-section or vaginally a human. Your body will never be the same. So you, first of all, you have to learn to respect that right there. Um, and accept it as amazing and beautiful and empowering because it really is. Um, so just a few things that you can think about, like when you're getting back into these postpartum workouts, if um, I think about those, the four P's, right? So if you have any pain, so this would be pain at the site of incision for a C-section, pain um, if you had any stitches in your, um, your perineum or just like any pain anywhere really in the pelvis in general, you need to back it off. If you feel any pressure, so this would be pressure in your pelvic floor. It could feel like a tampon falling out or just like, just like something just not feeling right down there. That can be a sign of prolapse, which is, is not scary. Like it's this big, like, oh my God, no, like my uterus is going to fall out. This is actually very rare. <laughs> but it's something we, you know, again, just need to talk about and be aware of. So no pain, no pressure, peeing. If you are peeing, it's too much, okay? So this is not just like a badge of motherhood that like, oh, I fell off the boulder and I peed. Like, no, it shouldn't be like that. So that's where a pelvic floor physical therapist can really help you to kind of understand, okay, well, is it like the uh, endurance of the pelvic floor? Is it the coordination of the pelvic floor? Is it too tight? Is it weak? Um, you know, so there's hypertonic and there's, hypotonic pelvic floor but anyway and then also um any increased bleeding so that one's not really a p but anyway if um if you have any increased bleeding at all then it's a sign that you did too much so those are all like really good just baseline kind of warning signs that you can go by when you start to get into these postpartum workouts to gauge did i do too much or i didn't do too much because a lot of times as climbers and athletes um myself included it's really hard to monitor um, kind of like hold yourself back sometimes. You'll be like, oh, yeah, no, like I totally have 20% left. And then you're dead. 
Yep. And then the next day you're like, oh, that was way too far. So how long would you kind of have people follow these recommendations? Is there a point in time to where they can potentially return to a similar activity level, whether that's training or strength trainer or whatever it is that they were doing before? Yeah. So, okay. So, I mean, the idea is not to just stay sedentary and be scared to move. Like that's not the idea at all. Once you've been cleared by your pelvic floor PT, once you've been cleared by your doctor, which is probably going to be somewhere in between four to eight weeks, depending on if you had vaginal birth C-section, you need to start moving. You need to start loading that tissue in a appropriate manner. You're not going to be doing the same things that you did right before you got pregnant. You're just not, and and that's okay, and it would be weird if you did because your body just went through a enormous change, um, but I think that just for kind of like to have a mental, I don't know, I, I know it, sometimes it helps me to mentally understand like, okay, how long am I doing this for? It will, and again, this is very individualized because it depends on what happened during your pregnancy. So a lot of, you know, some women end up having a lot more problems during pregnancy than others. They're not able to continue to move as much. But let's just say you had uh, quote unquote normal pregnancy and you were able to strength train. You kept climbing a little bit off and on through your pregnancy. I think a good goal kind of in your mind would be somewhere around eight months where you can start to climb hard for you again. So notice I said hard for you. This is not hard compared to the other woman in the climbing gym that's six months postpartum or that other person who's never had a baby and is 20 years old. Like do not compare yourself to those people because that is just, I mean, that's garbage and it's not going to make you feel good. Um, And hard for you during this season may be very different than what hard for you was before you had this baby and just learning to be accepting and, and celebrate that because you have, you know, you grew a human, which is an amazing feat and you're learning how to move in that body again. Um, But I think, you know, again, I don't think, I think that six weeks is Totally. I mean, that's just bullshit. You're not, you're not going to be climbing hard again at six weeks. You're not, I'm sorry. Um, maybe there is some, I don't know, maybe Puccio will have a baby and, and show me up on this one. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but just because you can general, doesn't mean you should. Oh. Right. Yes, exactly. Yes. That's another huge one that really, I think that is half of the battle is just the athlete brain of it all because you you're like, oh, no, I can totally do this. Um, even though you can, like you said, should you? Because there's a lot of other considerations at play. Or you're like, oh, no, I just peed a little bit. It's fine. Well, like, no, actually, it's not. Like, true story, I um, for my birthday, which was at the end of January, all I wanted to do was go climbing. Okay? I have climbed, like, a handful of times since my baby was born. But I was like, no, I'm going to go climb today. So I went to the bouldering gym, and I stayed there for, like, I don't know, it's probably like two and a half hours or something, right? Now, keep in mind, I had climbed very minimally up until this point. Can I tell you, it took me like three days to hold a pencil afterwards. Like, it was really bad. So, I I mean, I'm just telling you this because I have made all the mistakes. Like, just because I am educated in this doesn't mean that I don't make mistakes. Like, I did way too much that day. Luckily, I didn't have any sort of pelvic floor symptoms or anything like that, but like, it was 
it, it was bad. I was really sore, really, really sore. Too much. Um, you don't want to be that sore. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I mean, anywhere from like six to definitely 12 months. Um, and also it just depends on, again, what type of uh, labor and delivery you have, because we can equip ourselves with everything to give ourselves the best chance of success, but we are not in control of that. Our bodies are in control of that and we're not. So if you had a more traumatic um, labor, then it might take you a little bit longer to recover versus someone who had an easier labor and kind of like all of these things are we have to consider when we are thinking about realistic timelines for returning to a higher level of, of sport than just kind of like, you know, just kind of top roping, I'll say like the five fives or something. I don't know. Right. Yeah. And it just goes to show too, like if you ever do get pregnant, if anybody listening, having somebody to either be able to talk to about this or to write programming for you and you don't have to do it all by yourself. Like, I think that's such a big key of this is like have a team of people to support you so that you can focus on your task at hand and really allow some of that like free mental space. And also like it's that permission aspect to take a rest, to take a break, to tone it back a little bit, I think is super important. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I know like that privilege pays plays a big part into this, right? Because a lot of people don't have access to this huge team of people, you know, like the pelvic floor PT and the dietitian and the prenatal coach and the therapist. And, you know, I think that like, I really hope there's a lot of changes and just kind of like policy and healthcare coming that will make these things more accessible to people. But I will say that um, when you are reaching out to someone who is, you know, a trainer like myself and isn't just like on an app, then you're not going to just get a, well, you can't pay me, so we can't do this response, right? I mean, even if it's like, here, let's go through some recommendations. Let me help you make some decisions. I mean, there's always something that can be done. So you should definitely, you know, just just try and reach out because people who, like myself who are doing this, we do it because we care. We're certainly not doing it for the money. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. So, and we care so much because we want people to feel empowered and have all the information that they need to be able to make these decisions about such a large part of their life, which is their, their, you know, their athleticism. Um, you know, if you have a body, you're an athlete, period. Like it's, it, you don't have to send 512 to be a climber. Like, you know, you can climb whatever and you're still a climber. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. And I mean, even just following your Instagram, you're going to learn a lot too, because you provide a lot of resources around that. So let's say somebody, you know, is either thinking about getting pregnant or they are pregnant or they just had a baby wanting to return to exercise. Where can they connect with you? How can they learn more about, you know, the services that you offer? Yeah. So the best place to um, connect with me is on Instagram. You can, it's uh, Callie, C-A-L-L-I-E, Joy Black. Callie is my first name. Nobody calls me that. Everybody calls me Joy. But yeah, connecting um, with me on there is um, is the best way to go about it. And I really don't, at this point in time, I'm not really doing like marketing per se because I am 
100% taking care of a baby and a teenager at home. So I have just kind of been doing like word of mouth. Um, but yeah, so I work with people who are thinking about getting pregnant or currently pregnant or postpartum and you don't have to be newly postpartum. So once postpartum, always postpartum. And I don't say that in a bad way, but just like I said before, after you have a baby, your body never goes back to the same. So there are a lot of things that some women um, or people are like, oh, it's too late. No, it's never too late. You can always learn how strength is literally a skill and you can always learn a new skill period. It's never too late. Perfect. Oh, I love that. And I mean, no wonder everybody calls you joy too, because I think, yeah, like you, you're laughing on here and you just bring a lot of joy to what you do. And I can tell you really do care about this. So I'll link everything in the show notes to where they can connect with you on Instagram. And is there anything else, any other pieces of advice that you would want to give somebody right now? Uh, one piece of advice is that I would, I would tell, if I could go back and tell myself one thing, it would be, it's okay to relax. It is okay to let it go because I was like bulldog intensity hanging on to, I had to do X, Y, and Z workouts. I had to keep running. I had to keep doing my pull-ups, all this other stuff. And I, I was really lucky because that did not affect me adversely, but I truly understand now how lucky I was with that. Um, and I think that my stress level would have been a lot lower if I would have just let it go and given myself a little more grace because it was literally like I was chasing this intensity because I was scared of losing my ability and losing my strength. So if I ever have another baby, I will probably hire a coach to keep my ass in line <laughs> because it really, really helps when you have someone else checking in on you and holding you accountable. And for me, it's not holding me accountable to do it. It's holding me accountable to not do it. So um, if anybody is anything like me, then yeah, that would, that would be my advice for them. I love it. Yeah. I think most people are like that for sure. It's just like push through at all costs and you're like, wait, what is the cost? And you, you realize later that it's, mm -hmm. it's a pretty hefty one. So I want to thank you so much for yeah. coming on the show. Everything that you shared is really valuable. And I'm sure this is going to be a resource that continues to provide for people. And I want to say thank you so much for coming on. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. It was so fun. Thank you so much to Joy for coming on the show. I hope you loved that interview as much as I did. So many good knowledge bombs in there. And I will link everything to where you can find out more about Joy and the services that she offers in the show notes as well. And if you're loving the show, make sure you go ahead and tag us in your Instagram stories. We would love, love, love to see that you're enjoying the show, whether or not you're pregnant right now, thinking about getting pregnant, or maybe you have some friends that would really benefit from the show. And that's such a nice compliment that you can give both of us is sending the show to other people and sharing this with your friends and your inner circle. Okay. I will see you next episode.